Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. At this point, we come in peace is off the table when you've got you bring shotguns to an alien meat. Just don't come here anymore. Don't visit. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Bob Shoy, and with me as always is (laughs) Luke Beef. Hey, it's uh, Luke Beef here. And Adam Tiss. Hey, Adam Tiss here. <laughs> How you doing, boys? Good. Good. Good, thanks. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, so do you know what we're talking about today? I haven't got a clue. Not a clue. I haven't the foggiest. Not a Scooby. No. Um, <laughs> so this is this episode's gone through like a little bit of a transformation in the last couple of days when I started running out of time. <laughs> I've been... <laughs> Surprise, surprise, incredibly busy. Um, So originally my plan was, do you remember a long time ago I did an episode on Weird Japan? Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, all about superstitions and beliefs and weird things that had happened in Japan or weird places in Japan. Mm. And I said, I feel like this could be the start of something new. I could just take places and talk about a wide variety of things in these places. And then I never did another one like that. (laughs) So my plan originally was to do that. Um, because recently a listener on our Facebook had suggested that we looked into Alaska because there's lots of weird things in Alaska, and I thought, oh, that's Mm. that's interesting. So I started looking into it, but all the stuff I looked into was related to a very specific part of Alaska, so I decided to focus in on that instead. And so this time we're going to talk about the Alaska Triangle. Oh, I'm excited now. I've not heard of this. No, I hadn't heard of this either. But everything I started looking into in Alaska would link back to this this one area again. So there's a lot of strange goings on. Kind of like the Bridgewater Triangle that I did a few years ago. Mm. Exactly. That's what it reminded me of. So it's almost oh, nice. like a companion to that. And obviously we spoke about the Bermuda Triangle before when we did the uh, Weird Oceans episode. Why is it always triangles? Um, I don't know. In this case, so I've got a map here. Um, it's always like a loose triangle, isn't it? It's, yeah, because it's, it's like, like roughly between like three different destinations and then they just draw a line between them and link them. Right. So if you look at this picture here, 
of Alaska. That is a triangle. And that triangle, uh, what sort of triangle would you say that is? I don't know my triangles. Isosceles? Isosceles, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's a big isosceles triangle. And so from down here, you've got Anchorage. Uh-huh. Uh, up here, you've got Barrow. Mm. And then this triangle, the bottom corner down here is uh, Juno. Huh. And uh, so this this triangle sometimes it's called the alaskan bermuda triangle i don't see the point of that the bermuda triangle is by bermuda yeah um <laughs> so we're just going to call it the alaska triangle yeah it makes sense so what sort of thing are you guys expecting from the alaska triangle uh surely if it's in alaska i'm gonna want some kind of i mean yeti would be ideal if it's just you know nice and cold perfect environment for yeti mm-hmm. but uh i don't know some kind of like there seem to be lots of cryptid activity some in america some sort of creature okay so a creature of some sort yeah mhm uh tis anything in particular you're expecting to run into uh the first thing i thought of was wolves mhm apart from Ooh. that oh lycanthropy like a Wolf tornado in the middle of a triangle. So what it is, is it's a wolf real nado. grab bag of, of things. It's not a wolf tornado, no. Wolf nado. Wolf nado. <laughs> but it's a real grab bag of events. But mainly it comes back to um, a huge amount of disappearances. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, since 1988, there has been more than 16,000 disappearances in that triangle. What? How many? 16,000. What? 16,000 since since when, sorry? Since since 1988. So my, the year I was born. So since I was born, 16,000 cases of disappearances in the Alaska Triangle. Oh my days. That is insane. That is yeah. approximately 484 disappearances every year. It can go up to some years. It's been reported up to two thousand in a year. What that's mental? What's in yeah. the middle of it? What's there? <laughs> well, I think that's what we're going to try and get to the middle of. Right. So, I mean, what? well, the way I'm going to lay this episode out is we're going to talk about <laughs> his disappearances, and then we're going to go through the potential causes of these disappearances and see if we can work out what it is that's causing it. Fuck sixteen thousand. It's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's too many. It's. It's what? almost like, what are they counting as disappearances here? Is it like, I lost the sock? After the first thousand, you'd send out, like, some sort of, I don't know. <laughs> Just don't come here anymore. Don't visit. <laughs> a lot of it is aeroplanes going missing. Is it really? Really? So a lot of aeroplanes. So that happens with the Bermuda Triangle as well, doesn't it? With boats and stuff. They go into it and then they no one ever sees them again. Yeah, it was boats and planes, yeah. But what do they count? 16,000. I want to know. Is it all people? Or are they? Yeah. is it like, oh, I lost my cat? No, that no, That disappeared. No. <laughs> this, is, this is human disappearances. Look, missing cat. Can't pad out the numbers with cats. In 1950, <laughs> so this is way before, like the real golden era is from 1972. That's when the high profile cases started happening. But in 1950... Uh, military craft went missing with 44 passengers on board. So that's a, a big lot of people to disappear in one go. Never seen again. Jesus. Um, and there's been other aeroplanes that gone missing. In 1990, there was a Cessna 340 that went missing with five people on board. Um, but the real sort of 
case that really drew people's attention was in October of 1972. And um, a private plane went missing at that time with uh, two notable people on board. There was four people on board, but two very notable, which is what got the headlines. And it was the U.S. House Majority Leader, Hale Boggs, and the Alaska Congressman, Nick Begick. Begick. Mm. Um, their plane went missing when they were flying to uh, Juneau from Anchorage, uh, as well as one of their aides, Russell Brown, and the pilot, Don Johns. Um, the search lasted more than a month looking for these guys. Uh, very high-profile disappearance. They searched an area of 32,000 square miles. Uh, more than 50 planes went on this search, as well as another 40 military aircraft. Uh, dozens of boats, but no trace was ever found of these guys. No plane, no wreckage, no debris, nothing. That's crazy. So, and and you know, relatively high profile people to just to disappear into thin air. Sorry to, I mean, it's not a digression. I've just while you've been talking, just just Google mapped Alaska. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was a big state, but it is ginormous. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's like the size of the central part of Northern America, it just in one state. It's massive. What's amazing about the that many disappearances as well, like Alaska's huge, but you would think the population would be far less because it's so inhospitable. Yeah. So for that many people to go missing on somewhere where there's that few people is even more bizarre. Yeah, it is. Wow, so he just... They just... They just disappeared. 30, 32,000 square miles is a lot of area to... And it's not as if it could just be anywhere. They had a flight plan. So you just follow the flight plan and... Exactly. They knew they were flying from Anchorage to Juneau. So am I pronouncing that right? I actually don't know the place Juneau. It's G J U N E A U. Juneau. I've been saying Juneau. I don't, I don't know. Let's just say Juneau and I'm sure someone yeah. will... Correct us, I'm sure. I'm gonna say, do you know, if we're wrong, if we're wrong, guys, uh, we're sorry, but that's how we're gonna pronounce it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's where they were flying, and Chris, did you know? So that's right along. That's one of the main lengths of the um, of the Alaska Triangle. Um, so yeah, thirty-two thousand miles. Considering that's one flight path, they really spread that search out as well. Wow. But no trace was ever found. It says more than a month. I think it was something like thirty between thirty-three and thirty-eight days in total. Right. The search went on. That's mental. I can't get my head around plane planes just disappearing. I just can't get my head around it because it's not as if, like, when you plan a flight route, mm. it, like, you, you know, weather patterns, although the weather can be unpredictable, it's not that unpredictable. And actually, just before you get on a plane, you can check. And, you know, if it's going to be a nightmare then you you don't fly so I, don't, I just find it crazy that planes can dis- just disappear mm. Mm. and particularly with the technology they've got and black boxes and all this stuff they've got on board to help people find a plane crash yeah i mean this was 1972 so i don't know what plane technology was like but 72 i should i expect this juno juno Thank- thanks tis thanks tis juno <sighs> please don't keep pressing it <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, 1972. I imagine plane technology like they've been able, they're able to track planes and stuff. Obviously, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, they've gone to the moon by then, so 
you'd expect. I mean, it, I mean, it is mental that they've gone to the moon by then. <laughs> yeah. I can't I imagine them being it. able to go to the moon now. I can't. I mean, we talked about it on the moon landing episode, but I can't believe they went to the moon <laughs> when they did. Every now and then I think about it, I'm just like, that's bizarre. Joel won't believe it. Joel doesn't believe it. Like he said to me, he's like, one day I'd like to go to the moon. I'm like, well, mm. maybe, I don't know, maybe you can one day. And I said, some people have been to the moon. And he goes, daddy. It does sound ludicrous. He's like, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah definitely. People have been on the moon. Joel goes, won't believe they put a man on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Classic. Wow. Outro music this week. <laughs> <laughs> Not relevant at all to the topic. Doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, a lot, a hell of a lot of disappearances. Anyway. Mental. Uh, including these guys and I was trying to dig into this I was like oh what more information is there about these guys because this was I said one of the listeners um, sort of suggested Alaska and this is one of the things they suggested like oh really famous disappearance and um, so I thought oh it's going to be a lot of meat to this but it was just like yeah they went missing and no one ever found them like that's that's the information because <laughs> no one ever found them and they just went missing that's crazy uh, I mean it's I suppose that was the only thing that was going through my head was maybe like if they looked at the map I don't I, I like I don't know my Alaskan geography isn't very good um or it's like not just not good it's completely lacking <laughs> but you just had to like, look at the map of where Alaska was exactly yeah <laughs> I knew where it was I just didn't know how big it was um yeah but like you say in my mind a lot of Alaska sounds to be in hospital, like you couldn't live there. Mm. So, yeah, maybe in my mind was that maybe they couldn't search. I mean, people do live there, but you couldn't live in a lot. Of, a lot you of it is live mountains in a lot and of, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. So my thought was maybe a lot of it is just mountain ranges or something. I don't know, mm. Mm. but obviously not. That's crazy. Yeah. Hard to search, though, isn't it? Like a mountain range for a crashed plane, like crevices and things. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to it's hard to search that type of landscape, isn't it? Being exactly. So yeah. in, that's in, what in that's what went through my head. Inhospitable, like you said. Hmm. Inhospitable. That was the word I was trying to <laughs> crank out. Word of the week. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if they still manage to search that much, I've got a question that... actually. Yeah, go on. Does that flight path now, is that expensive because people don't want to fly it? Or is it cheap because people would rarely want to go it? Mm, I don't know. Do you want to do a Weird Tales flight? And Chris, did you know? <laughs> no, I do not. We just recorded. cold <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why. It'd be so cold. It's too cold. I don't cold. mind getting lost in the equator. Wouldn't you like to go to Alaska, though? Uh... Yeah, I would. But not anymore mm. now because of this story. Right, okay. Just stay outside the triangle. You'll be fine, mate. <laughs> well, let's let you down. Yeah. Uh, so let's have a look at some causes then. And um, oh, but one interesting note. Do you know um, Chris McCandless? No. No. He was... Um, so there was a, a famous book about him. Um, he was a guy who was a traveller, basically. And uh, they made a film about it. It's called Into the Wild. I don't know if you've ever seen Into the Wild. I think I've heard of it. 
I haven't. You told me to watch it years ago and I never did. Yeah, it's a very famous film. It's really good. It's really long. It's one of those really long ones. Um, <laughs> but that he, where he eventually met his end was within the Alaska Triangle. And a lot of people say there are, there's something suspicious about the way that he died. Um, it was not to spoil the end of anything, but he... It, it, it's he died from something he should have known better from with all his traveling experience. So people say that that might have been an effect of him being within the Alaska Triangle at the time as well. Bizarre. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's mm. uh, film's worth a watch, Into the Wild. Uh, but yeah, let's have a look at some causes for all these disappearances then. So, uh, Beef, you already said about the weather. Yep. Potentially. Mm. Um, so I've got that as a possibility here severe weather I just put severe weather question mark avalanches yeah I guess so and just cold is it too cold maybe like Tiss said is it too cold for planes or yeah and also like hikers and things like that if you're walking if you're mountain climbing an avalanche goes off but uh, do you know what I mean that, that's all well and good but like we said 16,000 <laughs> that explains some yeah is. I mean, that's more people than surely live in Alaska. <laughs> like, that's more people. That's more people than there is weather. That is insane. I mean, I went to Minneapolis in the middle of winter, mm. and that was minus. Like, there were some days it, it was like minus twenty. I I couldn't breathe. It was so cold. Mm, that's pretty rough. It's been cold here. Um, so imagine if your car broke down. And it's that cold. You would die. Yeah. The coldest day I've had recently here was minus five. Um, I was working on site at minus five and all the taps oh. were frozen solid and stuff. I bet your your hands must have been freezing oh, cold. Oh, they're a real mess at the moment. My hands are really dry. I keep putting hand cream on. Yeah. It's, it's actually warmed up the last couple of days, but it's been pretty cold here. That's what I get for moving up to the north, isn't it? Well, we did try and tell you. Is it the dry heat that's, that's drying them out then? It's just because it's wet, dry, wet, dry. Don't forget, my I have a wet trade, so my hands get wet and then dry yeah. all day. Mm. And it's freezing. Fuck. Ugh. But yeah, severe weather, avalanches. I don't really know how... I get that causes some disappearances. I don't think it's enough to explain as many as there are. How many disappearances, by contrast, in like a similar style country? So it's at least more than t- double the national average which is more extreme when you consider how small the population of is of somewhere like alaska compared to other places yeah yeah so the the national average for america is like like eight thousand something like that yeah it's like half of that yeah yeah um sounds slightly, slightly less than half yeah considering when you think that a missing person makes the news like national news if someone goes completely missing and no trace it's normally massive news yeah mm, they must have a news be. channel directly just for missing persons <laughs> <laughs> like or yeah planes everyone's bored of it it's like whenever we hear something about like ugh yeah oh, another another 600 people died alright okay uh, so weather yeah. what else have we got you said about wolves um, one of the possible causes, wild animals. Again, this is one of the things you see on lists, and I'm like, explain. How are wild animals causing this many disappearances? Is it, I don't know, is there that much of a disruption to the food chain that they're just hunting humans down? don't know. 
What kind of... Because I... Uh, until a few years ago, I didn't realise how big moose were. Oh my goodness, they are huge. I saw a video of a moose walking down the road. Is that like road. one walking down the road? Yeah. and Because that was like, going around Twitter and I was like, this is fake. And yeah. it's not. No, because I saw, I've seen a few more since then. I need to see this. Uh, and they're like seven foot high. Have you not seen it's these, Tiss? Tiss, just put like moose walking down the road. It's like a real famous video clip that was going doing the rounds on social media. It's going to blow your nut, mate. No, surely not. Yeah, they're, the car, yeah. a car is it's like double the size of a car. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. They're massive. They're is that massive. a real moose? Yeah. Yeah, they're massive, mate. What? Look at this. This is why <laughs> I live for these reactions. I know. Oh, Listeners don't get the get the half of it with us watching Tiss's face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it just it fucking Look at this big fella here. <laughs> wow, Kalia, look at him, he's huge. What <laughs> We've blown Tiss's mind hey there, of how big a moose is. Whoa <laughs> Hey there, bud Oh my days. Is this like case closed? Now we've seen how big a moose is. It explains all the disappearances. Yeah. <laughs> they look so gentle, though. Well, because... Well, I mean, I'm I'm 90% not that high. I'm quite sure that... <laughs> that's very high. <laughs> I like the way you checked yourself. I'm quite, I'm quite sure that the moose oh are herbivores. Right? Yeah, I think they're, they are herbivores. Could you imagine if they were carnivores? Like... They'd be running the world, running the planet, yeah. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, they're massive. Yeah, look at them. That's like, what, seven foot high? It, they're about three metres. Big, aren't they? Big old boys. Could you imagine if that goes up on its hind legs and just, like, kit, like hoofs you in the chest? You'd be dead. Are they docile? Well, I'd imagine, unless you did something to upset it. They charge you. Well, it's like when you walk through, a, a like, a cow field... Like they're pretty, they're pretty happy unless I don't know. You might run up to yeah. them and start shouting. Yeah, I don't think they would just charge you for no reason. A moose, and I don't know how many of the sixteen thousand you could blame on moose, but I think my well, my to point be fair, is that... everyone might have been thinking that. I don't think they'll charge you, and then they'll get run down by these moose. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Is it moose? Is it mooses or meese? It's more than one of them. <laughs> let's, let's find out. Hey get Siri, run down by meese. What's the plural for moose? It's a muesli. They're called a herd. The only correct plural of moose is moose. So I think it's one of those things where one oh, moose... Oh, it's like sheep. Yeah, like one yeah. moose is moose. That that makes sense, actually. Yeah. I was going to say like goose, but that's geese. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh, this episode's all over the place. I knew it would be. I knew this episode would be all over the place. I was also going to say mouse, but then I was thinking about... <laughs> Like, cheeses for us meeses. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I thought. A group of... It says here a group of crabs is called a consortium. Mm, I love them. I love those, like, gather words, like um, murder mm. of crows and all that stuff. Mm. I tried to make a fake one up a little while ago, but I can't remember what it was. It was a good one. Colony. Bats. Bats is colony of bats. Wow. Mm. A consortium. That sounds a bit, like, legal. Bit well to crabs. do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What was that for crabs? crabs? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like huh. a law firm. Crab, crab, and crab consortium. <laughs> <laughs> There's no collective noun for a group of koalas. There you go. You can make one up for koalas. All right, a bastard of koalas. <laughs> <laughs> a group of foxes is called a skulk. <laughs> anyway, right, so wild animals. <laughs> as big as these moose, as these meese are... <laughs> And as scary as these packs of wolves are, I don't think wild animals is enough to um, explain all these experiences. Another one. Uh, this is another obvious. We're getting all the obvious ones out of the way. So weather, animals. And now I've just got the general wilderness. Mm. So you've got dense forestry. A lot of people can go missing in that. You've got mountain peaks. You've got huge glaciers with surprise holes in glaciers that you can fall through. You've got hidden caves in amongst the crevices. Yeah. And on top of that, you've got massive snowfall over all of that. Yeah, that's that's it. That's what I think is the thing. It's so cold and the snowfall will just cover things so quickly. Mm. Does I know the Yukon is in Canada, but does it like spill into Alaska? I just uh, so I've got that's on the map actually. That map I showed at the beginning, you can see the Yukon on that. So the ca- triangle is might be hard to see, but this is the Yukon. This bit here, ah. so the triangle goes slightly over the corner of the Yukon. Okay, yeah. I mean, all I know is that Bear Grylls has done an episode in the Yukon, so it must mm. be pretty horrific terrain. Did he go missing? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he died in the Yukon. Yeah, <laughs> that's the last uh, episode. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it. I mean, I don't know how often this, because I don't know. Like, I always find this weird with hikers when you get hikers that just go missing, because to be into that kind of stuff, you need to be pretty good at like orienteering. Mm-hmm. So I find it really hard to understand like how you could just get lost. I know it's massive. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. But... You can't. You can't account for everything, can you? No, I know. There's giant ah. moose out there. If you're good no, at no, walking, but... you should not be getting lost. Period. <laughs> but it's like an F1 driver getting lost around the track. Oh, which way am I supposed to? Is it that way? Or like, no, <laughs> it's you. Not quite... <laughs> this is. This is all. This is same. That's not the same. A track that has got one way to go round. It's a fucking loop. As the world, he doesn't even come to like a junction. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) gets lost coming out the pit stop. (laughs) There's not even a roundabout in it, mate. (laughs) Yeah, but if you go hiking, (laughs) there are trails that you go on. Yeah, but me and Becca go on hikes, and we get lost all the fucking time. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And we go with maps, and we still get lost. Yeah, you just go with your iPhone. Can't you just do that? No, I still get lost. <laughs> in the in the Yukon, there's no signal. Probably not. They take your iPhone off you before you enter the Yukon. <laughs> but some people, I think my point. What I'm trying to say is, if like if you go hiking, you go in a group. There are nutters out there that go on their own. Yeah, Becca's gonna start going on her own because I do her head in. She's a nutter. <laughs> I'm moaned to fuck. Because I get I get like an hour and a half into a hike and I'm like, I thought you said this was a walk. You need to differentiate whether it's a walk or a hike. Because if it's a hike, I need to be in the right mood. If it's a walk, yeah, all right. Yeah. What's a hike? A longer than an hour and a half? Yeah, like very terrain and like two or three hours minimum. Yeah. Oh. 
We've been Ooh. on some big ones. I've been I've been conned into some big ones. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> she she cons me into it because she makes. We got a, a rice cooker, a Japanese rice cooker, so she makes nice like onigiri. Yeah. Um, with like pickled plum and stuff in it, and I'm like, I wrapped in seaweed, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want some of that. And I make some like soy fermented eggs, and then I, I eat the eggs, and I and I, that to me, I'm like, I'm gonna go on a walk so I can eat all those goodies. And then I realised we've been walking for hours, and I've been like conned into it. <laughs> oh my god! Wilderness, bad wilderness. People going missing. Yeah, I, I was being, I was being a bit silly. I do understand that it must be quite easy to get lost in such oh, a yeah, vast landscape. Oh yeah, driving wrong way down a F1 track. <laughs> All That's of our hiking at. listeners are listening on their hikes right now, just like, what the fuck? I love that some of our <laughs> listeners listen when they're on walks and hiking and stuff. I absolutely love that. <laughs> well, if they're lost, uh, they're going to feel pretty frustrated because apparently they shouldn't be. Yeah, I went for a, a little. I went for a hike the other day. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the other day it was like weeks ago. Um, <laughs> Twenty nineteen. Met, met, met a friend. <laughs> met a friend for a walk, which is obviously the only thing we can do at the minute. Yeah. And he said, "Do you do you fancy a walk?" So I think I did the same that that you do when Becca says it to you. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, sure." Just pop some shoes on quickly. Put a little jumper on, and after about half an hour, I was like, "Where are we? Like, where do you want to?" He was like, "Oh, we're just. I've got like a little like route," mm. and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I just did it. I was like, "Well, I'm out now," and yeah, I needed like wellies. Yeah, I yeah. needed. It was, it was really enjoyable, but I was freezing and didn't have the right footwear. Well, we've got. Um, I'm not far from the Yorkshire Dales. Yeah, so we will drive like about 40 50 minutes and be right in the dales and then we do some nice walks from through there perfect yeah exactly run out of run out of places to walk around Aylesbury to be honest hmm. right so we've got we've gone we've gone through the wilderness we've gone through the weather we've gone through the animals these are the obvious ones now we're going to get into some juicier theories so can i i three... just state quickly on. the ones that i am hoping will come up right okay i've got three juicy theories that we're going to okay. go over i i want one of them to be that there's a secret organization in the middle of that okay like, do it like their own little secret society or something along those lines mm-hmm. i don't want that or another one uh a dimensional tear mm-hmm. that's the two okay i'm gonna i'm gonna confirm never confirm or deny <laughs> those ideas until we come to them <laughs> Oh, until we come to them. If we come to them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Right, so the first theory here, this is an obvious one, so I thought I'd do it first. It's always, whenever people go missing, it's always the first crackpot theory to come out. Um, UFOs. Oh, yeah. Here we go. But yeah. planes... Entire planes. Well, so there's um well wow. well <laughs> that's the other one. Um, uh, I might just get well dot 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 towed on me somewhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so people speculate that in the middle of Mount Hay, um, in Alaska, is a deep underground military base. <sighs> um. That houses alien secrets. Oh no! 
I'd be on this. No. Why do they think that? Why do I not think that? Well, why would why do people think that? Because Alaska's hard to traverse for from outs for outsiders to come and find and stumble upon this base. <sighs> the thing is, is that the absolute inefficiency of having to power a base in that sort of climate. Makes <laughs> I was it thinking that. <laughs> unlikely, like unless there's a secret power source. But then the, the argument would be that no one's going to find it there. Yeah, but no one has. We can't even power like our own stuff in good like conditions. The thing is, they're saying it might be monitoring certain activity that's happening in that area. So oh. there's FBI files that refer to UFO counters within the Alaska Triangle between the years of 1947 and 1950. Right. So there are actual UFO encounters. That doesn't mean alien, just an unidentified flying object. There's multiple files, FBI files, reporting them within this triangle area. Um, okay. Especially at the in the late 40s so that's why people are like oh there might it might be like a monitoring base if they know there's particular activity around that area but like Tess said that's a, a hell of an operation to build an underground base within the mountains of Alaska mm-hmm. yeah it's mental and power it and feed your crew and have a crew and recruit people and I don't know and Mount Hay itself where they say it is is incredibly remote it's the highest mountain in the eastern Alaska range Hmm. No. <laughs> Just no. Maybe all those people that went missing are the recruits, though. There's about 16,000 staff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they just wait. They just they were just like waiting by the road, just for the first person to show up, and then it just kept happening. And like, well, we may as well just carry on expanding our team. This is amazing. These guys just keep stumbling into the one area in Alaska. <laughs> it just has a good reputation for um, physicists. It can't be Hiking. that well hidden either. If people keep just going missing and just apparently end up in this well, in no, this that, mountain this, area, this um. The the base itself isn't necessarily why people are going missing, but the UF the, they might. It's like the UFOs are making people go missing because the usual abduction stories, and yeah. to to confirm that fact is there is actually a UFO monitoring station there, so there must be a lot of UFOs, um, and that area like they, they but they said like it's no one would find it there because Mount Hayes is inhospitable, like we said, word of the week. Um, it's incredibly remote, in, not frequently climbed. Mm. But um, I've got... Uh, so th- I'm going to read a little paragraph here from <laughs> ufo.fandom.com oh. slash wiki slash Mount Hayes. Oh, man. Um, so, but I thought this was interesting. So in the 1997 book Remote Viewers by Jim Sh- uh, Schnabel, Sh- Schnabel, Schnabel, I think it is. Let's go Jim Schnabel. Schnabel. Yeah, Jim Schnabel, that's the one. Remote viewer Pat Price is quoted saying that, quote, Alaska's Mount Hayes, the jewel of a glacial range northeast of Anchorage, houses one of the aliens' largest bases. Schnabel provides Pat Price's description of the aliens who live deep inside Mount Hayes. So they're saying that it's actually, a, it's actually an alien base, some people are saying, right? Oh. So... <laughs> Pat Price's description of the aliens who live deep inside Mount Hayes as being very human-looking, differing only in their heart, lungs, blood, and eyes. Oh, my days. Ominously, he added that the aliens use, quote, thought transfer for motor control of us. 
Price is also quoted as saying, quote, The site has also been responsible for strange activity and malfunction of US and Soviet space objects. Whoa, hang on a second. Malfunction of flying, you know, planes and shit going over. This is this we've this this could be it. Yeah. Hmm. But that doesn't explain how they couldn't be found afterwards. Because they're in the base. They're getting um, experimented on. Right. The aliens haven't looked at them. Hell of a cleanup crew. Just how can these people be so sure on their appearance? Like, oh, I think they look... Like, they're, they're buried deep within a mountain. And this guy's like, yeah, they probably just look very much like humans. But and then he might to have add, been there himself. Yeah, nah, bullshit. What's his uh, credentials? Jim Schnabel. Yeah. Jim Schnabel. Alien professor. Is he in the same bracket as the um, the diary for Hollow Earth? <laughs> uh, Jim Schnabel. Yeah, he he's the real deal. Oh, fair enough. It's a pit. The, his the first picture of him is like him laying in hospital. So it's really weird. What laying in hospital? When I type him into Google, the first image that comes up is him is him <laughs> laying in a hospital bed. I think he died in 2018. Maybe not. I don't know oh. if he's alive or not. I can't. It won't just come up with like a wiki about him. Hmm. Yeah, and his website is like crashing. Or maybe they don't want us to see it. Maybe, maybe the aliens uh, are making sure that happens. Ah, uh, see, this here's the thing, right? He's written this remote viewer. It comes up his bibliography. He's written this remote viewer's secret history of America's psychic spies. Is the full title of this? So wow. But he's also written books oh, on poltergeists. Um, abductions, UFO obsessions, science and immortality. He's a kook, Yeah, is what I would say. It's the sort of stuff that, if we were really serious about the stuff we talked about. Um, but back on this UFO tear, so this is um, an interesting case that I found. Um, fairly famous case in 1986. Um, and this is about a Japanese pilot Mm. Uh, Captain Terry, uh, what's his name? Teriuchi is the guy's name, Captain Teriuchi. Um, so I'm going to read a brief synopsis from this website here, and then I've got a YouTube clip to play about Teriuchi. Okay. So this is from um, horrorbound.net. <laughs> oh, these websites, man. So I you know I did some deep diving on this one. Um, <laughs> even if you do deep dive in these subjects though it doesn't you're still going to come across the same websites yeah yeah that's true <laughs> in 1986 a Japanese plane that was flying to Anchorage from Iceland saw three unidentified objects that followed them for 400 miles through the Alaskan Triangle the pilot said that one of the objects was twice the size of a regular aircraft they also saw flashing lights uh, and that they dis- and said that they disappeared and reappeared quickly. Even air traffic controllers reported seeing something on the radar that was five miles away from the plane, but couldn't figure out what it was. They were followed for 32 minutes before the UFOs disappeared. Hmm. Explain that one, Mr. Cynic. Yeah, all right. Uh, I mean, I suppose the only difference is it was twice the size of the the plane mm. um that's pretty weird so i've got a video here which is a sort of reenactment of the events uh, with some of the audio and stuff as well from them so i'm gonna pl- i've got sort of three clips to play from this i'll sort of pause and we'll go back and forth from the story and they're like a minute long each so uh this is about 
Captain Teriuchi. Just after 6 p.m., Captain Kenju Terauchi and a crew of two enter Alaska airspace for the second leg of their journey, heading for Anchorage. At the helm, Captain Terauchi has nearly 30 years in the cockpit. At 6.19 p.m., the crew sees something on the radar. Unable to see another plane outside the window, they ask the control tower to identify it. Anchorage Santa, Japan Air 1628. Do you have any traffic? Open o'clock above? Japan 1628, negative. Moments later, the crew sees a pair of lights on the horizon. Inside, uh, we have two traffic in front of us, about a mile ahead. Anchorage air traffic control still sees nothing. Um, so little, just the start of it. So, yeah, so that's uh, the start of this video. I'm going to play sort of a few clips from, and that's uh, Captain Teriuchi sort of surprised at seeing these three objects or some sort of object. And at that time, traffic control saying, no, don't, don't know anything about it. Still skeptical. I'm not. I'm not skeptical if it's if that's what he saw. But what are we? Are we suggesting it's aliens then? Well, what else would it be, mate? Just another human pilot. I'm all all in on the aliens, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might be. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's let's continue this clip then and see see where it goes. Anchorage Air Traffic Control now asks Flight 1628 to maintain visual contact with the unknown craft. Then if you can hear that, the controller saying, do you think you can tell whether it's military or civilian? identify the type but we can see the uh, strobe lights he's saying can you tell the color of the strobe lights and beacon lights the color is white and yellow I think Unidentified flying object. Massive. Unidentified flying object. Massive. How massive? Mm. He said it was quite big, very quite big. So. <laughs> quite big, very quite big. Make of that what you will. Not an alien. Very quite big puts it on the next tier above quite big then. It's probably the midweight between quite big and really big. Mm hmm. Well, that other thing that we read said it was like twice the size of a regular aircraft, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility that it's just a military aircraft that maybe couldn't be detected on their radar at traffic control. The detail of it made me go like, oh, that's not very interesting, is he's like, what colour are the lights? And he's like, white and yellow, like, just really normal. Yeah. 
I was yeah, like, oh, just the normal conversation. I wanted it to be like neon purple or something. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would just be like military aircraft, wouldn't it? With some kind of like cloaking device or something. Right. Let's listen to uh, the last part of this clip then. Um, I've sort of skipped ahead to like the next point. Um, so they're continuing on this flight. 19 minutes after first encountering the unidentified craft, the crew nervously requests a new altitude and change to their flight plan. The goal, shake the unknown craft. Air traffic control requests that the Japanese airliner make a full circle. Japan Air 1628 Heavy, uh, so I'm going to request you to make a right turn 360 degrees, 360 degree turn, and advise me what your traffic does then. Terauchi believes the unidentified object has disappeared. But now military radar picks up something behind the Japanese airliner. 
That, didn't the yeah, I don't know. Didn't the US release something saying recently that there have been un- unidentified crafts that they've detected in American airspace? Yeah, we spoke about it last year about how there was like they revealed all that UFO stuff and no one cared because it was in the middle of coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, with that in they mind, they were basically like UFOs are real. Whatever. I was like, yeah. <laughs> with that in mind, it's like, yeah. I mean. In my mind, the military have got to test aircraft. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to test it, and the only way of actually testing it is to get it up there and fly it. Actually, as well, it might do them well to fly it in that sort of environment as well. Yeah, exactly. But the military have access to air traffic information, which would put them in a space where they couldn't be seen by civilians, surely. Everyone makes mistakes. True. Or maybe, maybe it was like, yeah, maybe it had some kind of cloaking thing that was supposed to make it invisible, and that didn't work. The cloak fell off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, whoops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just slipped. Just slipped off, and uh... bloody cloak. Right. So that's the UFO <laughs> angle. Um, the next one we're hooking into something that Beef went into at the beginning. He was hoping there'd be some sort of mysterious cryptid. Oh yeah, come on. Yeah. I'm ready for this. So this is the Kushtaka. Oh. Oh. The Kushtaka. Which I wasn't aware of before. Roughly translate to Land Otter Man. Oh, wow. That sounds creepy. Hmm. Otter Man. Yeah, like a, a man-sized otter creature. So I initially I was really excited by this because you know how much I love my cryptids. And um Yeah. And this was one of the first things I actually looked into because I was like, cool, Alaskan cryptid. And um, it just feels more like a folklore story to me. It doesn't feel like something that's real. So the information I've got is that um, apparently it's a shapeshifter, potential shapeshifter. So I'm like, anytime someone says something's a shapeshifter, I'm like, I'm out. It's too unrealistic. No, forget it. It can transform into a human, an otter, or other creatures. Uh, It can be warded off by copper dogs. Potentially fire and urine. Well, or piss on it. Yeah. Um, I like this. It has a high-pitched three-part whistle that goes low, high, low. So like... I don't know. Low, high, low. Yeah, I guess so. I like that. I like that little detail. I like that. I don't know why, but... Little Is that detail. like when you bump into it and it goes mwah, 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 and then <laughs> yeah, you die? you're done for. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it particularly preys on children, I guess because they're small yeah. targets it can drag off. Yeah. Um, so, it orig- originates from legends and folklore of the Tlingit people, which are coastal people in Alaska. And uh, there are legends saying that it can trap your soul. Ah, oh, lovely. Um, aside from that, there are also Bigfoot sightings in the triangle as well, but I haven't really got any information on that. Everything I saw about that was just people were like, yeah, apparently Bigfoot's there too. It's more about this <laughs> land otter, man. <laughs> but, are there any pictures? Well, it's really hard to get pictures that look any good, but what I've got here, and th- this really made me laugh, so I hope you enjoy this. I found <laughs> um, two clips from a TV series called Alaska Monsters, <laughs> um, which was on YouTube under Destination America Videos. And basically it's these... Um, 
It's these guys who go hunting beasts in Alaska. Ah. And they are so... I can't tell if they really believe what they're doing or they're really hamming up for the camera, but they're so into the idea of hunting this. Classic. It's classic. It's the sort of thing you're going to find on the Discovery Channel. Just Yeah, it's like, the sort of thing that that Weird Tales TV show that we were in talks for a little while ago would have ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of thing yeah, I'm exactly. kind of glad it never happened. Because <laughs> when I look yeah. at these guys, I'm like, this could have been us. Yeah, uh, yeah pe- being paid to be genuinely concerned make an ass out of yourself yeah oh, it, it would have been like that for sure oh i really hope you guys enjoy these videos because i enjoyed them so i've got two videos here the first one is these guys talking about the ottoman they just call it the ottoman and uh, they're setting out on their hunt Oh, God. We're going after the Otter Man. The Otter Man is six to eight feet tall, over 500 pounds, and has brown fur all the way down his back. The local natives say he's able to shapeshift into any form he wants to. You guys want to see the photo? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah, I want to see it. Steve says he has a trail cam photo of this Otter Man, and I got to see this damn thing. This is the Kustika. Son of a bitch! Holy cow! There ain't no damn bear. This creature is massive. I've never seen anything like that and walking on its hind legs. You have tail <laughs> that on must that dog. Yeah. The otter man is out here on the land because Alaska's got three million lakes. This otter man is walking from one lake to the next lake. Steve, I really want to thank <laughs> you for the information. We know the otter man is in the area and using this trail. Anytime. Knowing that the otter man travels on land now gives us a good idea where to set the trap. Oh, I want to watch it. Yeah. I would have watched the whole series. So that's part oh, one. Oh, my um, life. I, when I stumbled across this, I was just like, gold. Absolutely. This is gold. pure gold. Oh, beautiful. I love stuff like that. Yeah, it's so oh. hammy, isn't it? It is. It's terrible. And then when they see the photo. <laughs> can you imagine when that logo comes up at the end? Can you imagine if it just says, like, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable? Oh. <laughs> that's that, what I it would have been. Yeah, exactly. It sounds glamorous, but that's what it would have been. And we'd have probably got paid shit for it. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah. It would have got paid nothing and it would just been a complete embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, forget it. Forget it, mate. And it'd been like long hours and we would have been like cranky at each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then having to do that kind of hammy acting, like, look yeah, at this exactly. photo, boys. It would have been someone, we would have had to work with that guy called Krusty, who is a researcher, a researcher. <laughs> it means he's got the internet. Like, what do you think of this, boys? Like, could you imagine the first episode, we'd all be like, whoa, yeah, let's go fight. And by the end, we'd be like, I quit. I mean, if any uh, producers are listening, if you want to, our contract's now expired, that show isn't happening, so, you know... We'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still sell out, please. Um, so that's part one. <laughs> if you believe, it gets better. Ah, oh, I mean, I loved that. This is them actually out on the hunt at night. Okay. And this is about two minutes long, and it's two minutes of absolute gold. I'm so excited. <sighs> Oh, 
known as the Valley of the Lost Gold, and we're going after the Ottermen. This creature was first seen 800 years ago and was known to the native Alaskans as the Kushtaka. Legend has it this creature can shapeshift and it can change into any form it pleases. Yeah, this is pretty spooky. You can tell something came right through here. Not sure what it is. The hell? What's that? We got movement. Move. 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 What do you got? Got movement. Got movement. There's something right there. Shooting their guns. Yes. Oh my god. What is going on? It's like the most that? haunted with guns. I'm just gonna pause to put you on what happened in a real quick cut. One of them got dragged into the water apparently. That's when they all started firing their guns. Oh, are you kidding? No. Oh for goodness sake. I mean, I love that they put researcher under his name. This animal is like nothing we have ever encountered before. We gotta keep that in mind when we're building a trap to try to contain this thing. Oh, Alice, let's get out of here. Let's go! Come on! So they grabbed his ankles and just dragged him into the water, apparently. Apparently. I I don't believe him. None of them thought to say, did you fall in? I think he tripped over and tried to make it seem more dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. He fell on his ass. I think he either tripped over or made it up. Yeah, yeah. They were like, God, this is supposed to be like... This is this whole show is called Alaska Monsters. The most famous Alaska monster is the Kushtaka, and we've got nothing for this episode. <laughs> we have to make it dramatic. Yeah. Uh, uh, for sure. Anything they can chop up into an advert and make it seem like something's happening, and then when you watch the program, nothing's happening... Yeah. And I've paused that little bit of footage where he gets so-called, quote-unquote, dragged into the water. I've paused and, like, checked every frame of that. You can't see anything. It's, like, just so happens that's when the camera light is looking away and stuff. Of course it is. Ah. Uh, that's when it would happen. That's what, yeah, it's, like... It's amazing. My mouth dropped open when they started opening fire. Yeah, that is yeah, so... Yeah, that's mental. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. I had to pause it because you guys were just like, are they shooting? <laughs> yeah. That's mental. What? It's like most haunted, but with guns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're going to shoot the ghosts. 
gun-toting maniacs, just like, at something that they believe can shapeshift. So, yeah, presumably would have just moved away and shrunk down so they can't. I mean, I just can't. For all they know, it dragged their mate in and then shapeshifted to look like their mate and came back out again. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And their mate's dead. At now. this point, yeah, exactly. we come in peace is off the table when you've got you bring shotguns to an alien meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're trigger happy as hell, like just just waiting for someone to scream so you can... Literally one of their friends fell over and they all started shooting into the wilderness. <laughs> It's mental. It's mental. Could you could you imagine, right? Any you think of any like wildlife documentary you've ever seen where they're trying to capture footage of something? I mean <laughs> I've never seen someone try and shoot into the wilderness. No. Like they're, they're like dead silent, like to like total silence so that they can make sure they capture it. Yeah, I just can't believe it. I was so glad I found that because until I found that, I was like, "Oh, I really want to talk about Kushtika," but it just feels like you know, <laughs> you know, Alaskan natives' cool folklore story. It doesn't sound like something that's like a good crypt, like a real cryptid. Yeah. When I found that, I was like, "Gold." <laughs> I love that. Like they couldn't find anything either. And they did that, and now we couldn't find anything, so we've just plucked their <laughs> trick. If we're like second handing their dirty trick. <laughs> yeah, it's desperate, isn't it? <laughs> At least they originated that <laughs> that episode. Yeah, that's true. That's brilliant though. We're we're way worse than them. So in terms of what's causing all the disappearances in the Alaska Triangle, I don't think it's the Kushtika. No. No. <laughs> no. From that promotional video, the Kushtika is <laughs> down the league below Bigfoot for me. Unless that was funded by like the Kushtika cover-up fund to make it look unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Man, I can't believe that. Right, so let's move on to the final um, sort of more bizarre possible explanation. Uh, so we've done UFOs, we've done more cryptids. More bizarre than that. I'm ready. Well, this one is actually, like, in a weird way, more believable than the first two. And Tiss almost touched on it. So Tiss said something... Um, dimensional. Dimensional. Or secret society. Well, not the secret society. This is the <laughs> dimensional stuff. So this <laughs> not is, that one. This is energy vortexes. Oh. Oh, okay. Something that we've not really talked about on the show. And... From the little glimpse I got of it here, maybe there's something in there for a future episode. Okay. Um, I'm just, I've got some, um, I found a good thing that sort of explains them in a, in a layman's way. I'm just finding it here. Yeah, that's what I need. Okay, here we go. So this is uh, from legendsofamerica.com and this is from a piece all about the Alaska Triangle. So it's legendsofamerica.com slash Alaska Triangle. And in amongst the article, there's a bit where they explain about energy vortexes and why that is a, a possible theory. So I'm going to read that from here and then we've also got a video about that as well. So here we go. There are many that support the idea of energy vortexes within the triangle. Energy vortexes are thought to be swirling centres of energy concentrated in specific places where the energy crackles most intensely. 
the energy radiates in a spiralling cone shape clockwise or counterclockwise, creating positive or negative effects. They are thought to affect humans in various physical, mental and emotional ways. Positive vortexes spiral upward in a clockwise motion, creating an enhancing flow of energy. This type is said to be conductive to healing, meditation, creativity and self-exploration. People actively search these places out to feel inspired, recharged or uplifted. Some of the places where positive vortexes are said to exist are the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, the Sedona Desert and sacred temples and cathedrals throughout the world. Alternatively, negative vortexes spiral downwards in a counterclockwise motion, creating a draining or depleting energy and depleting the positive energies in its vicinity. In humans, they are believed to cause health problems including depression, nightmares, disorientation, confusion and both visual and audio hallucinations. They are also said to cause electrical instruments to malfunction. Some, place, uh, some places that are said to be filled with negative vortexes are the Bermuda Triangle, Japan's Devil Sea and Easter Island. I've got a quote here from um, a book called Terrorvision, A Traveller's Guide to the Living Planet Earth by Paige Bryant. Quote, a vortex is a mass of energy that moves in a rotary or whirling motion, causing a depression or vacuum at the centre. These powerful eddies of pure earth power manifest as spiral-like coagulations of energy that are either electric, magnetic or electromagnetic of life force, qualities of life force. So what are we thinking to these guys so to these so far? It's even though it's it's like you say, even though it's bizarre. It's more believable than Otterman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bizarrely, Otterman set the bar super fucking low, though. That that's why I put this one yeah, at the exactly. end because it was more believable than I put. It made like an Otterman sandwich. Because <laughs> 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 Tis, I know obviously. So Tis, you have some belief in like positive energies, negative energies, and stuff. So is this? Are you? Are you? Would you lean more into this being uh, possible, or does it sound? nonsensical to you don't know. I don't really understand those sorts of uh, sciences but any anything can be possible right to me it makes sense when they're saying oh certain places have not negative energy or positive energy that's like simple enough for me to be like maybe but when they're talking about cones spiralling I'm like are these visible are these inv-? I don't understand yeah I can imagine there's like certain parts of the magnetic field on the earth that are more hospitable i can't think that they make mm. a huge difference the fact that they said it said it interferes with like electrics and stuff could also explain the planes coming down and stuff yeah yeah totally but is this just all this is all just theory is it this idea of vortexes or is it like a proven theory no it is a it is a theory it's not proven okay um, there's one. Sorry, there's one. I sorry, I missed off the last paragraph. Here, so there's one more bit. Electronic readings in Alaska have found large concentrations of magnetic anomalies, some of which have disrupted compasses to the point where they are as much as thirty degrees off. In addition, some search and rescue workers have also reported having audio hallucinations, disorientation, and lightheadedness. So that sort of... Um, that seems plausible. I mean, if that's going to interfere with your compass and you're out on a big hike, then, yeah, that makes sense. And also, yeah. the hallucinations, like, again, like, 
surely that's down to the weather and maybe the altitude, depending on how high you are. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I thought. So that seems pretty plausible. That's what I mean. I think most of these things, um, it's like when we talked about um, Elisa Lam, all those like episodes mm-hmm. ago. All those, that's like three years ago, but yeah. It was years ago, yeah. <laughs> All those episodes ago, yeah. Um, it just feels fresh in my head because I just watched the documentary again. On oh, Netflix. right, yeah, like, yeah. But with all these kinds of disappearances, you want to believe the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the weirdest conspiracy is, the strangest possible thing. But ultimately, it's always more likely to be just the most logical explanation and Mm. someone's compass not working properly or the weather affecting people in certain ways is probably more plausible you know what the that area affect whether this vortex is or not if there is a certain electromagnetic anomaly in that part of the world due to just magnetic chart i don't know about magnets and the earth i know it's the whole thing (laughs) but if that's affecting compasses that could definitely affect the compass on board a plane which could lead people to go in the wrong direction and then into all sorts of mess that that feels like a pretty Mm. good explanation to me for some of these planes yeah totally yeah like the technology we use to navigate is hasn't in that sense hasn't changed a great deal Mm. like it's probably more accurate, but at the end of the day, it still relies on the same science, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't. This is where we get someone emailing in and saying, oh, yeah, I think like, we, don't, we don't know anything, but our listeners but should know in, that by now. To my knowledge, which is very limited and shit. <laughs> that's that, <laughs> very limited <laughs> and shit. <laughs> like, what there is of it, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but... But yeah, if you were to get like <laughs> if you were to get a compass on your iPhone and then an actual compass, they're yeah. not going to give you different answers, are they? Like it's still <laughs> I suppose not. So yeah, so that's what I mean. Like the technology's not changed. That might be the biggest self put down I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> My knowledge, which is limited, and what there is of it is shit. <laughs> Might as well just pack it all in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Right, I've got one more video for you now. This is uh, from a series called Missing in Alaska. And um, the video is called Did a Vortex Swallow a Plane? And this is going to be a little bit more information about the vortexes. (laughs) Did a Vortex Swallow a Plane? On a cold January night in 1950, a military transport plane rumbles through the Alaskan skies. Two hours into the flight, they communicate with base, and then they vanish. Inside the vast frontier of Alaska is a mysterious triangle where each year, five out of every thousand people go missing. The team's investigation begins outside Snag, Canada, right at the edge of the triangle. No single event captures the mystery of the Alaska Triangle better than this law C-54. You know, back in the 1970s, there was a study conducted to look at different areas around the planet where there were high incidences of missing airplanes and ships. And a lot of it was related back to geomagnetic properties. 
A vortex is suspected in the infamous Bermuda Triangle, which has claimed planes and boats for centuries. I was wondering if you could give us your opinion on possibilities of vortexes. Um, it's certainly one of those things you have to look at. You hear the numbers about accidents, and Alaska is always many times above the, the norm for the United States. It is possible that vortices have been seen by native peoples for thousands of years. Mystical spirals can be found in the native artwork all over the Americas. Whatever inspired that art obviously made a lasting impression. You know, with regard to the vortex, I do have a theory that when the vortex opens, theoretically, it releases this huge amount of electromagnetic energy. When it closes, you have kind of a dramatic reduction in electromagnetic energy. That type of energy might affect, you know, uh, aircraft, instruments, things like that, and cause them to crash. Theoretically, it's been proven that something like a vortex could exist. And perhaps here in the Alaska Triangle, this so-called vortex could be the cause of many of the strange disappearances in airplane crashes. We'll never know for sure. Wow. So there we go. I really like that as a theory. Yeah. It's, it's one of them ones that when I first read it, I was like, bollocks. And then when they started speaking, I started seeing a few clips like that. I used that one because it was nice and short, but I was like, oh, actually, there might be something to this. And it just what made me think, like, maybe we could look more into vortexes for an episode at some point. Because mm. it's something that sounds wacky and science fiction, but actually when they start explaining it like that, you're like, well, maybe, I don't know. We could We could get Jack involved again somehow. Yeah. To help us understand. Text him at some point. Just say, Jack, do you know anything about energy vortexes? Like, how can you explain it to me? Because, and in a really simple way, because my knowledge of these things is limited and shit. <laughs> and shit. <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there we go. There well, are, I like that. There are theories. We've got um, UFOs, Kushtika vortexes as well as severe weather harsh wilderness wild animals what are we thinking causes these sixteen thousand disappearances since 1988 uh surely it is all of the above excluding uh mental like mountain bases for ufos and aliens and excluding ottoman because the weather would account for a lot of it. And the weather, when you think about it, the weather combined with the possibility of an energy vortex or electromagnetic activity messing with compasses on planes and just people... As well as electronics. Like, Yeah, exactly. That, to me, sounds like the perfect storm. Pardon the pun. And then the massive snowfall, like Tiss was saying, on top of everything, as soon as something crashes, it's dusted over. So all these search parties are going to have a hell of a job finding anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's already been swallowed up. All these so... huge uh, glaciers there, they said that, that holes can, uh, can form in those. So if something crashes onto one of those and falls straight through it, then you're not going to find it, are you? No. No, exactly. So it sounds to me like all of those things combine for this, just this... Just like, yeah, for it to happen time and time again. Mm. People should learn and just not fly through it. And Tiss, you're still on the opinion that it's the UFOs? Uh, Most believable right now is the vortexes. Mm, Okay. I'm really surprised that we've all come down like, yeah, vortexes. It sounds like something that is, like I said, it sounds like something that's crazy when you say energy vortex. 
But actually, with the way these people explain it, I'm like, maybe. Something yeah. that we need to look into. Yeah. More believable. It might just be, we might be so up on it because it followed those crazy guys <laughs> shooting their guns yeah, into I, trees maybe, and stuff. Maybe. Do, I mean, isn't the planet like one big magnet or something like that? Yeah. The pole's probably yeah. the North and South Pole, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, it's probably probably something in that. Hmm. Probably not in the way that I'm thinking of magnets. I mean, anyone who knows anything about this is just hating this. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it may be it may be the case that the theory just before it was so crackpot and mental that anything after that Yeah. Maybe like anything after that would have been good. I mean we might wake up in a cold sweat at like three in the morning this morning and go like energy vortexes. What was I thinking? Yeah. What were we talking about? Because <laughs> you could have said after the after Ottoman, oh, is a consortium of crabs going around just murdering people. <laughs> Right, okay, so there we go. That's what I've got on the Alaska Triangle, guys. That was really cool. I liked that. That was really interesting. It's something a little bit different. I actually went a little bit further than I was expecting it to go. Um, the only other thing that I was going to look into of Alaska, but I sort of ran out of time, is there are reports of this uh, famous ghost ship. Uh, but when I looked into it, Ooh. it's just like any other ghost ship, as in it's not full of ghosts. It's an abandoned ship that floats around. It's that form of ghost ship. I was like, okay, kind of weird that it's hung around for so long, but there's no spooky ghosts on board. So I sort of didn't yeah. go too much because that is quite, there's loads of information on that. It's a really famous ghost ship, but it just wasn't enough meat to be put into this. Um but actually, if listeners do want to look into it, if they're interested in that stuff, it's a really interesting story. It's the SS Baychimo, Baychimo, B-A-Y-C-H-I-M-O. So if you're interested in ghost ships, it's a real famous one. Um, and that's it. That's the Alaska Triangle. Hello. 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 Yeah, my internet dropped you... out for a second. That's cool. I'm glad it wasn't mine. Yeah, it's all right. I, was just te- I was just telling listeners where to go to find out about the SS Baychimo. <laughs> telling the listeners where to Sweet. go. Yeah, tell them where to fucking get off. (laughs) (laughs) Right, listeners, talking of listeners, uh, alluded to a few times throughout this episode, but we have to give a listener of the week to the person who suggested that I look into some of the weirdness in Alaska. Um, I'm scraggling for the information here. Uh, Dakota Kendall, uh, you recommended I look into some of this stuff on, uh, on Alaska, on the Facebook page, and it was a really interesting sort of diversion for me to look into this stuff and uh, hope it made for a good episode. So thanks, Dakota. Uh, you are Listener of the Week. Listener of the Week. Listener of the Week. Thanks, Dakota. That was fun. Thanks yeah. for listening. And... Thanks for suggesting, and um, I hope more of you suggest interesting things like that, because I always love getting these bizarre... I would never have thought to look into this. I'd never heard of it. So some, every now and then we get suggesting something obvious that we haven't done, which we appreciate as well, something like Zodiac. Um, but every now and then we get these sort of more off-kilter ones as well. Mm. And they all everyone that gets suggested goes on this big long list that we've got. So, you know, there is always a chance that we might get to the thing that you've suggested. Uh, so now, pet of the week. We're still doing. We're still doing pets of the week. Um, I don't remember oh, if right at the beginning of pet of the week we ever mentioned Sean's bulldog Mavis. I don't remember. I think I I remember us mentioning her, but I don't know if we ever made a listener of the week. But if we haven't, I wanted to give a shout out because she had a litter of puppies. Um, oh my god! No way! And um, 
So Sean has these amazing uh, puppies here. Ah, oh, cool. Tiny bulldog puppies. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. They are oh, incredibly tiny. Uh, Sean, I've been watching your pictures on Facebook of the bulldogs. Did we get uh, a Weird Tales puppy? Is this, is this what? That's where it's leading. Oh, do you remember really early on? Didn't someone name their pets like Bob Beef and Tiss or something? <laughs> was it, the they cats. had a cat or a dog oh, my that had some a litter and they were called Bob yes. Beef and Tiss. And I feel like they now regret that decision. Listener, if you're still listening um, and you remember doing that, let me know if you still listen. I'd love to know. <laughs> and whatever happened to those. <laughs> and remind me, was it cats, dogs? This is, this is like five years ago. Um, I would love to know where they are. It might have been triplets. Um, so, yeah, pet of the week. Uh, well, pets of the week is this uh, amazing litter of bulldog puppies. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. They are called Dolly, Sage, Captain and Balboa. Oh, oh nice. Uh, awesome. So there we go. Nice Pets names. Is Sean keeping them all? I don't know. I mean, he's got to be tempted to keep at least one of them, right? Yeah. You think so? Sean, let us know if you're keeping any of them puppies. Um, so talking of pets, I don't know if you guys have uh, a charity planned out for this month yet. I hadn't even thought about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought about it today and... Um, because I was, I try and sometimes we do these charity stuff, and sometimes it's good to do like a big cause that's going on at the time, and sometimes it's good to pick one that's like close to us or like a smaller charity. So what I've got here is one that's kind of close to me and a smaller charity as well. So this is to do with pets and how much we all love pets, and um, they're a small charity that are obviously having a bit of trouble because of Corona, like everyone. Um, and this is the Beds Based Stray Cat Rescue. They actually helped me out with my stray cat years ago um, when I had my stray cat. And we found her. And they have huge running costs at the moment and all these pets. And they can't really do a lot of the stuff they can normally do because of the corona stuff. And they uh, still got stray cats coming in that they need to inoculate and get better and all this stuff. So... Mm. Wow. Um, they have a lot of fees to cover and stuff. So I was going to help them out because they helped me out back in the day with my little cat. So I was going to donate this time to the Stray Cat Rescue based in Bedfordshire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. I was literally going to say something to do with animals. Yeah, that's what I thought. We we talk a lot about pets and I was like, well, what's a, a, a pet charity that's actually helped help me out with, with my little cat in the past? So, yeah, let's give back nice. to them. Uh, so I'll, I'll arrange a payment for this series of Weird Tales to go to the Stray Cat Rescue. And I think that's all the business. So everyone, we talked about suggesting episodes and stuff. We're just saying hi. You can do that directly at the email. That's unexplainableuk at mail.com. You can contact us there to say hi or do any of those things. You can also contact us via the website, which is weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com. You can find links there to all the stuff that's uh, useful to do, uh, our Twitter accounts and our Facebook page and our Public store to buy merch and T-shirts and stuff. You can donate monetarily on that page, um, all that stuff. Uh, you can also go to my website, bobshoy.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. This is part of the Bob Shoy Podcast Network. You can see other shows I work on there that you may enjoy. And you can support my time editing and researching for these podcasts at patreon.com slash bobshoy, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. Nice and snappy. 
And I think we're done. Awesome. Thanks, that was really Bob. Good. That was, uh, yeah, cheers, thanks man. for taking us safely through the Alaskan Triangle. Yeah, I pulled out of the bag. Uh, listeners, I've been actually feeling pretty ill today, so it was, <laughs> this almost didn't happen, but I feel okay, and I'm glad we got through it. Uh, next time, Beef, it's your episode. I know. I need to get, I need to get thinking. Yeah. Get thinking. I believe in you. I, I hit the classic, go into something pretty keen on it, and then it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. So annoying. I feel like, for me, Tiss started this series with such a, a banger and a yeah, requested topic of Zodiac that I was almost it's all like... your fault, Tiss. I don't really care. Whatever of mine's going to be. It's always going to be a letdown after Zodiac, so I went for something a bit more out there, a bit more completely the opposite of Zodiac, really, like an unheard-of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. never heard of it. No, it was good. No, I hadn't. So, Beef, yeah. I'm sure you can round out this series with something nice and then I've got no um, a revisited plan that I need to record with Rick soon and that'll be us for this run. They always go by so quick. I know, I yeah, can't man. believe it. It's crazy. But uh, everyone, thanks for listening. And until yeah, next thank time. thank you very much. Yeah, until next time, just be safe don't, out there. Don't go climbing don't any mountains to... in the Alaskan Triangle. <laughs> and um, don't, don't, stumble across any moose because they're massive yeah and on a serious make note sure they are really big so be careful if you're around any moose um <laughs> public safety and... announcement <laughs> and don't don't go off the beaten track and make sure your compass is working before you leave the house doesn't matter if your compass is working mate then vortexes are gonna fuck you anyway Bye-bye. Love true. you lots. So, bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Cheers. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you too. How, how, what? Sorry, this is totally off topic, but Japanese rice cookers, what is the... Hmm difference between that and cooking on the hob because i know there must be so much yeah yeah it's they're so good we use ours all the time now What's i the, bought what, it uh, what do you I do i bought it in december you it's, just put whatever you saw it has a scoop so you, whatever type of rice you're doing you can do all sorts in it yeah um and depending on what type of rice there's different levels inside the pot okay so it absorbs the exact amount of water to make the rice like exactly as sticky or however as it should be Right. So you can make proper sticky Japanese rice. Uh, you can do like whole grain rice. It's like really fluffy. Basmati rice is done properly. It's it's not. It's can you store rice thing. in it over time, or is it just a cooker? You can you can time it so that you can. If we want onigiri, if we're going for a walk, we can say okay. It takes about forty minutes to cook. So we're like okay. Set it for six in the morning to cook. At twenty to seven, it'll beep, and then we can make them in the morning and go. You That's can set what time it starts. Fucking sick. That's it. That's it. And then Timed you've got his, like, rice. Paddle. That's what you need. If you're interested in getting one, I would definitely recommend the one that I did a lot of research before we got ours. Yeah. And ours is amazing. It's just right amount for two people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can do a bit more as well. But like for two people, one scoop it comes with for two people is like perfect. And we do stuff weekly. Every time we do a curry, I do basmati in it. We do Japanese, proper Japanese rice in it. Jasmine rice from doing Thai food. Tar, the timer on it is so attractive because yeah, like you said, you can time it for the morning, make 
onigiri mm-hmm. and then yeah we've been making sushi with Ooh. it and stuff oh my god it'll make proper sticky sushi rice and the sushi's like top quality from it yeah it's banging oh, mate mate so well, that what, is what my sort of price range I, I are we looking not convinced that we, we would we... use it and we use it all the time what's the price bracket you're talking I think ours was about 80 or 90 quid. That's good. Um, yeah, anything yeah, under that's 100 a pounds. Real, that's, for um, a that's a Korean one. That's a Korean company. <laughs> Sorry, <that> beef. <laughs> no. It's... I, I, you know what? I've been looking at rice cookers for ages and I've just been like, like, lids, lids will totally be just like, nah, it's fucking bullshit. And I'm just like, there must be something to it, though. Yeah, they no, wouldn't make I, them. I was always saying they're bullshit, and Becca was talking into it. And then I bought it as like a surprise sort of thing. I was like, oh, I've got a rice cooker, and we do use it all the fucking time. Oh, I can't God. imagine doing rice on a hob again. I even did coconut <laughs> rice in it the other day. I poured a can of coconut milk in with the rice with water and sugar, and yeah. it made perfect coconut rice. Oh my fucking life, man! This is gonna change. This is game change. Sorry, beef. Let's carry on with the episodes. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't mind. I would. I would eat more. Jap- I love Japanese food, but Rachel doesn't like it, so mm-hmm. we don't. We just don't do it. It is an acquired t- Japanese food. Is a very like different taste. It's yeah, exactly. Umami yeah. that we don't really have in. in I didn't the know that umami was like the scent in with your taste. You've got bitter, sour, sweet, yeah. salty, and umami. Um, umami yeah. is like its own thing. Yeah, that's why because uh, we don't have anything umami in our country at all if someone tastes some japanese food they're like it tastes weird to me it's like yeah it's a whole nother flavor that yeah. you're just not used to yeah it and really it kind is, of yeah. just it's hard to explain i guess the high hard easiest you could explain it is like it tastes like the sea yeah <laughs> but yeah. it's a, a like, weird flavor isn't it like miso paste mm, exactly because i remember the first it's... time i ever had miso years ago i was like this this isn't right this doesn't taste right there's mm. something wrong with this. And then when you adjust to that flavour, it's like you crave it. Yeah, you start craving it, yeah. But we eat a lot of Asian food anyway, so. Mm. Nice. Right. <laughs> God. Awesome. <laughs> right, so Sorry. that's me, like, spokesperson for Yum Asian <clears throat> rice, cookies, rice cookers. Um, I can't even remember what we're talking about now. Zachary does that though. Whenever I see Zachary, like the amount of times I've seen him, and he's like, well, not obviously at the minute, but when he was going to college, like actually going into college, I used to see him on his bike, and he'd have like a can of Monster, and then just like a Snickers or some. But <laughs> like, Monster is is the like, prime prime villain. <laughs> and yeah. he's always like, he's like, yeah, I've got these headaches all the time. I'm like, yeah, because you're drinking monster. Like that's what you look at. What's in it? What do it you was think's relentless in it? juice Don't in my day. In relentless juice. Oh was my god, I forgot about one. relentless. It, it relentless. looks like it would be painful. I've never tried it. It looks like no? diesel. The ju- it's always it, a little, like dark brown it can. Like diesel. <laughs> Yeah, that's what really put me onto it, to be honest. <laughs> I thought it, it looked put me onto it. It looked like diesel tits. It, it looked, looked like, like something that had got like sun bleached in the window of a tattoo parlour. <laughs> yeah, it 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 was served at Snow yeah, Zone, wasn't it? That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like when you change the oil out your car, the stuff that comes out of the car. That's that's the I stuff that used to was. come out of tits after he had it. <laughs> 
was relentless. It was relentless. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> right. How how are you doing, Bob? Are you feeling better? Yeah, than I'm all right now. I was just saying that's what got us into the conversation. I said I went to work today without any lunch. And uh, it was a really hectic day, and I'm just feeling like I think I was just exhausted and needed some food and uh, shower and everything. Once I I took some headache tablets and everything, I feel fine now. Oh, good. I you know what it's like at the moment though. Every time you feel a little bit rough, you're like COVID. The <laughs> symptoms. Yeah, exactly. The symptoms. Yeah. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.